2: Good morning, America. This is the Catch Roundtable. Table. Drone catch. here Sunday morning. Another great show for you today to find out what's going on in the world. We have Gordon Chang. What's going on in the Far East? Congressman Mike Turner, interviewed by Congressman King. We have Dr. Peter Mihalos. How do we live longer? We have Congressman Comer, Washington. Well, it's starting to add up. What is adding up? We'll find out. And let's start off with Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska. President Biden is canceling oil leases in Alaska, reducing production, when Russia and the open nations are reducing production too. Oil is at $90 a barrel. Why is he doing it? Well, let's listen to Senator Dan Sullivan. With us today is Senator Dan Sullivan from the great state of Alaska. And uh, he has a lot of interesting things to talk about. Uh, Senator Sullivan, uh, welcome again, and thank you for calling uh, in. Uh, uh, Tell us, what the heck is going on up in Alaska?
3: Well, hey, John, thanks for having me on the show. It's always great to be on the show, and thanks for your leadership on so many of these issues, including a lot of your program's focus is on Alaska, and I really appreciate that. So, what's happening in Alaska? Well... To be honest, it's more of the same. Um, the recent announcement by the Biden administration to pull back the valid leases that were already issued um, under the Anwar legislation that we got done during the Trump administration, mandating that there be two leases for uh, the Anwar area, which has billions of barrels of oil. So they just canceled those. I mean, You want to talk about lawless, and then they restricted further what we call in Alaska the National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska, NPRA, set aside decades ago for oil and gas development. So, of course, this will have a negative impact on my constituents, on the great workers in Alaska, Um, by the way, on the Alaska native communities, the indigenous communities who are going to be really harmed by this. But as you know, John, and you talk about it all the time, and you're an expert, this should concern every American citizen. We are in this great battle against authoritarian aggression led by the dictators in China and in Moscow. Um, One of our greatest strategic advantages over China, Xi Jinping, and Russia, Putin, is our energy and our natural resources, and our energy dominance. This administration, as you know from day one, wants to undermine this great American strength, and it's because they're beholden to far-left radical environmental groups, and this is just another example. Going to hurt Alaska, but going to hurt America.
2: Makes Senator, no sense. Uh, how does it affect the projects uh, the president approved uh, about three, four, five months ago?
3: Well, the Willow Project... Fortunately, it doesn't impact that, and we are continuing to build that, as a matter of fact. That's in the NPRA. The Now, here's the big issue, John. Um, a number of companies have taken out leases in the National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska, not just ConocoPhillips, but a whole host of others, and we are... Pressing them to make sure this doesn't impact current valid leases in the NPRA, in the National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska. That's critical. But what we do know is that this will impact the valid leases that companies have in Anwar. And right now, the main leaseholder is actually the state of Alaska. The state of Alaska has already announced it is going to sue and hopefully depose Secretary Holland and the others to see just how unlawful their actions were in this regard. But as you know, this all begs a much bigger question. And I personally mentioned this and asked the president this question. They never have an answer. So you're going to shut down the production of American energy. By the way, we have the highest standards in the world on the environment in Alaska. And where are we going to get our energy? Well, these guys have already answered it. The president goes over on bended knee and begs from the Saudis to produce more oil. The Biden administration recently lifted sanctions on Venezuela. We're importing 100,000 barrels a day from that terrorist regime. And they're even talking about lifting sanctions on Iran, the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. So we're going to get our energy from polluting terrorist regimes and not get it from America, Alaska with the highest standards, and the best workers in the world too. It makes no sense. it is an agenda fully pressed and pushed by the radical far left
2: well, I mean uh, I uh, the other day on uh, uh, Thursday, I did a uh, interview with uh, uh, Fox Business, and I talked about uh, uh, how uh, the reduction of oil production in in north america has raised the prices so much that it's cost the, the american people over a trillion dollars and and it made russia rich because they're making a billion dollars a day which they use to uh create war in the ukraine and create war in africa with the russian foreign legion
3: no, i couldn't agree more and it's not just raising prices that are making the Russians risk, ri- rich in funding the brutal war in Ukraine, it's raising prices on American working families. As you know, the people who suffer the most when the price of energy in America goes up is not the coastal elites, not the radical environmental groups, it's the working men and women of this country And that's one thing that this administration, whenever they have a choice between the good men and women of America who build stuff like pipelines and oil rigs and mine minerals that we need, and the radical far left elitists, they always choose the radical far left elitists. And the people who are getting hurt the most um, are working Americans. And this is driving up inflation, but it's really hurting Working families, and that's another element of their strategy that just makes no sense
2: well senator uh if if the other thing I said on fox here today and i'll I'll send you the 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 link uh is the fact that uh if we opened up uh oil in North America, the price of oil would come down to sixty five dollars instead of uh it's pushing ninety now, and uh what we're doing is we're making the American people poorer and making the OPEC nations in Russia richer. And uh, to me, it's not acceptable, but it is what it is. We're, you know, Washington is making decisions.
3: Well, John, like I said, you're an expert on so many of these issues, particularly as it relates to energy. Your point is exactly right on. It makes our en- enemies richer, our citizens poorer. But here's the other thing. If the environmental groups say that they want this done in a responsible way, Venezuela, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Iran, they don't have nearly the standards that we do when it comes to the production of American energy. We have the highest environmental standards, and by the way, the lowest emissions of any major producer in the world by far. So that's something else that the radical left never explains. Okay, so you're going to not allow the production of American energy in the places like Alaska with the highest standards in the world, and you're going to outsource it to Venezuela? Venezuela has a greenhouse gas emission profile that is 20, almost 20 times higher, times, with an X, than Alaska. Again, this is nuts we have the highest environmental standards on the planet and they want to outsource it to our enemies many of whom are terrorist nations who don't give a damn about their environment this is about as lose 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 policy actions that you can imagine
2: well senator thank you so much for calling in this sunday morning and and we pray for uh, alaska we pray for america and we pray for the world because some, A lot of very bad decisions are being made, and we, and we hope for better uh, decisions in the future. John,
3: always great to be on the program, and thank you for your leadership on so many of these issues.
2: Thank you. Look forward to catching up. Yes, sir. This is the Catch Roundtable. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catch Roundtable. With us today is Gordon G. Chang and his Twitter. You can keep... Um, Get informed 24 hours a day at Gordon G. Chang. And, and Gordon, uh, so many things are happening in, in the Far East and so many uh, updates every day. Uh, Sunday morning today, can you give uh, the WABC listeners a, uh, a heads up on, on uh, what's going on? The most important thing this
4: weekend is the G20 in India and uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping um, has given it a miss. And this is really unusual because no Chinese leader has ever missed a G20 summit. Xi Jinping has been to all of them. And the question is why? Now, the universal narrative is that uh, the Chinese want to snub India to sort of rain on their party. Um, that's a possibility, of course, uh, because we don't know the reason why C isn't going, hasn't gone. But the point here is that uh, Xi Jinping is facing some uh, very important uh, challenges at home over the economy and over just about everything else. And there's been there have been purges. There have been unusual developments and the real possibility is that Xi Jinping feels it's not safe for him to leave China at this point. So um, maybe we'll find out later, but um, there's a lot, I think there are a lot of reasons to suggest that Xi Jinping is staying home for personal and political reasons.
2: Uh, in addition, everybody's scared to travel these days. Uh, Putin is scared to travel to the G20. Uh, the... Uh... Uh, uh, President uh, Or Prime Minister Whatever you want to call him Of uh, North Korea Or would only travel To see uh, Putin by train Uh, I guess uh, Everybody's scared of assassinations Well I think that they
4: are Actually Uh, Now the Kim regime Their leaders have always been worried about assassination And for good reason There have been assassination attempts uh, Especially on Kim Jong-un's father uh, Kim Jong-il And so um, they always travel by train. Uh, And the the rumors are um, that uh, Kim Jong-un will travel by train to Vladivostok in Russia, uh, where he'll meet Putin. Now, the theory is that that meeting is about North Korea selling ammunition to Russia for use in Ukraine. The United States has publicly talked about that and warned the North Koreans not to do it. But it's not clear that the Biden administration is willing to impose even tougher sanctions on the North to prevent these arms sales.
2: Understood. Uh, What else would you like to talk about this Sunday morning? What do you think is uh, critical that the uh, uh, American people know about the happenings?
4: Well, the one big story out of China um, in the last three or four days has been um, Huawei Technologies' new phone, the Mate 60 Pro. And this may sound a little weedy, but for China, it's an important development. Um, The Trump administration and Biden administrations have imposed sanctions um, that have prevented Huawei from getting chips. And uh, China is in full propaganda mode about this new phone. Um, people have broken apart the phone. Um, they've found different things. But clearly, um, China has been able to obtain chips from Western and Asian suppliers in violation of sanctions. And so the uh, U.S. administration is now thinking about what it wants to do with Huawei. We saw Huawei as sort of um, only a national security threat with regard to its servers for the 5G telecommunications backbone. American leaders were not worried about the phone business. Well, they should have been for a lot of reasons, but one of them is we're seeing right now that as China um, really goes into propaganda on the 5G phone, Um, They are also undermining Apple. Um, There are reports that the Chinese government is now prohibiting the use of Apple phones in China for government officials. CNBC,
2: last week CNBC reported that. Yes, uh, and
4: um, there's also reports that uh, now uh, provinces and lower government units are also banning Apple phones. So here you have a full-barreled approach To foreign phones and domestic phones. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they're going after Apple and that they are um, boasting about Huawei at the same time.
2: Understood. Uh, Well, thank you, Gordon G. Chang, for uh, everything you do in bringing American people up to date. And uh, uh, God bless you and God bless America. Thank you so much.
4: Well, thank you, John. And happy birthday to you.
2: Well, thank you so much, and thank you. uh, It was good to see you at my birthday party and and Cousin Brucie's party on uh, Thursday. That
4: was a thrill of a lifetime for me, because as a kid, I would listen to Cousin Brucie on my transistor radio. So that was, like, the best event that I have ever gone to. So thank you, thank you, thank you, John.
2: Thank you. And uh, we all had, me and you, the, the transistor radio with three transistors in it. And now our iPhone uh, 14 has 15.2 billion transistors. So
5: it's a difference. I'm impressed. (laughs) Thank you. It's really uh, great to be joined right now by my good friend from the state of Ohio. I served with him on the Intelligence Committee, and he's now the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner. Mike, it's great to have you in New York, and uh, update us on the Intelligence Committee, because when I was there and you were with me, that that had become chaotic. We were, you had people like uh, Adam Schiff, Eric Swarwell. I can go through the list, and really it seemed like the last thing they were concerned about was really the welfare and the uh, security of the United States. So thanks. Well, congratulations. doing a great job. It's all yours.
6: Well, thank you, Peter, and I appreciate you having me on. You know, Peter, you have a great legacy in the, the House, uh, one of the uh, icons in national security and being one of the great legal minds in the House. Uh, we miss you, but we appreciate the, that you're continuing to make a contribution uh, to the discussions and debates that are important to our, our country. Uh, we have made shifts in the Intelligence Committee. Um, you, uh, you were there when the committee had a legacy of working in a bipartisan basis and working in national security and unfortunately dissolved into you know, Nancy Pelosi hijacking it for the impeachment processes, making us the impeachment committee. And everyone knows it was largely because she didn't uh, want um, Nadler's uh, committee, because she didn't think that, that he was going to be up to it uh, to, uh, to run the impeachment. So our committee, which should be focused on national security uh, under uh, Adam Schiff's leadership, uh, was uh, plunged into to chaos, as you were saying, with the, with the impeachment. The charge I was given when we when we took back the House was restore the committee back to national security. You know, there's a real need, as you know, for us to do our work, to work with the intelligence community, make sure that they have the, the tools that are, are available to them uh, and that they're applied in ways to keep our country safe. At the same time, working on a bipartisan basis, because these threats, these third-party threats, um, they're, they're bipartisan opposition to them because they mean to do us harm. Uh, and so having an environment where we come together, and then also the other thing was to open up the intelligence committee. Um, We wanted to be a resource for all of the House, making certain that the intelligence that we receive doesn't just stay down with us, but it gets in the hands of policymakers and decision makers. Um, But we've returned to the legacy of of your work, back to national security, and try to make the country safe.
5: How is the Democratic uh, Ranking Member Jim Hines? Is he cooperating with you? Is he also inclined to make it bipartisan? Jim Hines is doing a great job. Uh, He was very committed to national security.
6: Uh, We sat down together and made a commitment. To the members of the committee uh, stood in front of them and said, we're going to work on a bipartisan basis. We want our staff to work on a bipartisan basis. It really is the good news story up on, on Capitol Hill. All of the members have embraced it because you, know, you can't be bipartisan by yourself. Uh, the other side has to come to the table. Uh, Jim and I are, are working professionally. Our members are working professionally. And and that dedication really, I think, honors the intelligence community because you know, they're Republicans, they're Democrats. They're not just mm-hmm. one party. And when they come before us, they don't want partisan squabbling. They want us to to honor the work that they're doing and
5: help them try to get the job done and keeping us safe. And you mentioned impeachment. I was also there during the uh, the whole Russian collusion fiasco, which to me, uh, I remember you were one of the first ones who really went after uh, people like Comey and Brennan on cross examination because they would come in. It's absolutely clear that President Trump is involved in collusion with Russia. And as you showed and others showed, there was nothing at all. And yet you listen to television, you listen to Adam Schiff and well on CNN and that we've just gotten devastating evidence, and there was never any of it. So let me just turn over to George Weinberg, who's here, a common-sense Democrat.
7: Well, nice to have you both, Congressman. I, I just want to say that as the, as the Democrat in, in the room, I'm deeply concerned about the failure of the Biden administration to provide for national security. We have an open border. It's now become a national problem. It used to be the problem of the, of the border states, particularly Texas. You see them coming through uh the southern border now they're coming through the canadian border in the nas- in the northern part so there's a national security threat at both ends what can be done to protect this country because this is totally unsustainable
6: right and it's totally the, the policy of the Biden administration i mean their policy is an open border and so that's the situation we get you can tell the incredible influx that we've had since the trump administration um the uh people who are coming across the border. Some of them are trying to seek a better life, but some of them intend to do us harm. There are people on the terrorist watch list who have been, been captured, who have been coming across the border, uh, who you know should not be coming to the United States. Having no controls on our borders mean that we don't get to choose who comes here that they choose. And people who self-select have their own reasons for coming. Uh, it, it, is, it is an unbelievable human tragedy of the stories of people who've made this trek, who believed on the Biden administration's welcoming, uh, that, uh, that they're going to find a better life, but along the way they're, they're taking advantage of You have human trafficking, uh, you have cartels, you have risk of, of life. Uh, this really is just a, a, a horrible uh, human tragedy of, of this great migration that the Biden administration has encouraged.
5: Which would Mike Turner, the Chairman of the uh, House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Mike, uh, Chairman Turner, we're just three days away from September 11th, which was uh, an enormous impact here, obviously in New York, but really around the country and the world. Can you update us on what the Intelligence Committee is doing to try to prevent another 9-11? Sure. Well, this
6: is really an area where the Intelligence Community uh, has, has really done great work. Um, and we continue to do great, see great work from them. Um, the, uh, we do have people who still want to, to do us harm, still people who are, who are in organized fashion attempting uh, to threaten the United States. Uh, we just do a really good job of taking down their organizational structures, following the money, following the communications, and try to prevent them. Uh, from being able to, to perpetrate uh, additional attacks. Uh, we, we, it can never be perfect. We always have a vulnerability as long as people uh, wish uh, to try to, uh, to harm the United States. Certainly lone wolves are the most difficult uh, to, to solve. But at the same time we're in a much different place as we all, as we all mourn uh, September 11th we can at least know uh, that there, there are things that we have done right that make us. Mm-hmm.
5: Judge?
7: Well, what I'm also very concerned about is this obsession that Biden administration has with the uh, redoing and renegotiating the Iran deal. And I consider that one of the great threats, not only to the Middle East, but to the entire world. We're giving all these billions of dollars to fund a, a country that's totally dedicated to terrorism and subverting the United States.
6: And then they don't live up to their word also. I mean, the, the, uh, to, to make a deal with the Iranian regime, which is doing you know, um, actions throughout the Middle East to harm all of their neighbors, harm United States allies, um, this is it's really unconscionable that that this administration is basically going to them and saying what do you want We'll enter into whatever deal you want instead of uh, pressuring iran and making it clear we will not tolerate a nuclear iran and that we'll take whatever actions are necessary bringing them then to the table to negotiate a real deal that results in uh, in preventing a nuclear iran
5: Chairman Mike Turner, we're in the final minute. Uh, what are your thoughts going forward? What do you see happening in the next year, beginning with possible impeachment and, uh, you know, the, uh, bipartisan? Your committee is bipartisan. The Congress is not. It's what, well, where I also, is going?
6: So I also serve on the Oversight Committee, where uh, uh, Chairman Comer's doing a great job in unwinding the financial business dealings of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Biden family. Uh, there are, are real, um, serious questions, millions of dollars coming from Ukraine, Romania, Russia, China, uh, that appear to, to be for you know, n- no, no business purpose, and that they've been put in shell companies that make it very difficult to follow. Uh, the Department of Justice should have been doing this investigation, uh, but uh, Chairman Comer is doing it. He's unwinding it, and he's releasing the information to the American public. If you go to the Oversight Committee's website, you'll see today the bank records and the evidence he's finding.
5: Let me ask you, as a final uh, local note, how are Congressman D'Esposito, Congressman Lalota, Congressman Lola. And Congressman Oh yeah Absolutely yes Well they're doing a great Barberino. job
6: and, and I think they're doing a great job Because they're following your legacy
5: you know? Thank you Mike <laughs> With well, that That was Congressman Mike Turner The Chairman of the House Intelligence Committee Mike Great having you in New York Great seeing you again Keep up the great work
2: Thank you for joining us Congressman This is the Catch Roundtable We'll be right back Welcome back to the Round Roundtable If you ever miss a segment Or want to hear it again Go to WABCradio.com Go to podcasts, go to minicasts, and play back your favorite segment. With us today is Dr. Peter Mihalos, our in-house genius. He's a historian, he's a medical person, he is a, a, a little bit of everything, but he's one smart guy, and he's trying to teach us how to live longer. Uh, Dr. Mihalos, uh, welcome to uh, uh, the, the weekend after the summer.
8: Good morning, John, and it's great to be with the Cats Roundtable audience. And today uh, in the news, we have uh, heard a lot about skin cancer because a very famous beloved singer passed away, uh, Jimmy Buffett, from Merkel cell uh, carcinoma of the skin. And Merkel cell carcinoma of the skin is particularly uh, deadly. It's three to five times deadlier than melanoma. It's more common in people who have lighter skin, and it's mostly in men and 65 and older. It's more common. The good news is if you catch it early, you can get it out and cure it. The problem is, like in his case, once it goes to the regional lymph nodes, it spreads throughout the body. And there's even some new literature that's out that hasn't really even been mentioned that they found in these tumors, a Merkel polyomavirus. So there was actually a virus also possibly implicated in the growth of this uh, type of cancer. And sometimes it just appears as a very fast growing pimple or a cyst. And it's oftentimes confused as an insect bite. And that's why it's important to be seen by a dermatologist. And I think uh, people should at least minimally annually get checked and people with light skin and light eyes probably twice a year to get checked for melanomas. Another type is called squamous cell carcinoma that can also go to regional lymph nodes, and basal cell, which is regionally or locally invasive. So things we can do to avoid it are stay out of the sun between 10 and 12. Yes, of course, we need our vitamin D and small bursts of it, but you want to avoid the peak uh, UV damage from the UVA, and that's between 10 and 2 p.m. And um, the other the other thing about uh the skin is now, that we how really... much
2: time you see this is uh I understand you know we all take vitamin d uh three with k two uh how much time a week uh do you need to have a little bit of sunshine to sup subst- to to supplement without overdoing it on uh, on your vitamin D from the sun
8: well if you take a walk if you're doing like a, you know 20 minutes, half an hour a day, that's fine. But again, just because, you know, your arms and your body can be getting it, but you really, the face and eyes are much more sensitive. And that's why you can see the signs of skin aging and wrinkles. And also we know that UV light is associated with cataracts. So you can be out in the sun, but you need to wear a hat with a brim. You should wear sunglasses. So the rest of your body, even on the beach, you're walking around, you can have sunscreen on. You're still getting some UV coming in, so you have a large surface area. The most sensitive area is where the thinnest skin in our body is, like the thinnest skin in our body is like our eyelids. They're very sensitive. And interestingly, in the United States, we get our first skin cancers and first cataracts usually on the left side. Why? Because we drive on the left. And if you live in New Zealand, you usually get your first cataract, your first skin cancer on the right side of the face and the right arm. So that's another interesting uh, thing and I was having a discussion with an anti-aging expert Dr. Magdalena and a skin cancer expert Dr. Ken Mark and they were talking about how from the time you're to you know uh, you're born you can actually it adds up it's cumulative so you need to even with children we want our audience to have children please protect those even small kids get them some sunglasses hats on the beach use sunscreen because all that UV damage is cumulative over a lifetime and And it really adds up and whatever we can do to slow it down, like countries of Australia, it's part of the school system. And on the beaches, they have free sunscreen that you just have a pump and they give it out for free. And even the clothing has built in UV. So if you want to buy a hat, sometimes you can often find them online. They're made in Australia, New Zealand, and they make clothing lines that have built in UV protection because we want to try to avoid things like skin cancer because sometimes they can be deadly and even your hairdresser when they're looking in between your hair and they see something suspicious as i know one person and a melanoma was discovered just during a, a haircut
2: wow so it, it's really uh, in how many people do you think uh, we lose a year uh, in the united states out of 350 million well, people on uh, on skin cancer
8: well, from the uh, from the Merkel cell, we lose at uh, 3,000 a year in the United States. But melanomas, squamous cells, it's you know it's 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 in the uh, tens of thousands. Over 20 to 30,000 people can die from uh, related melanomas and squamous cells. And sometimes these cases are, uh, go unreported, and uh, you know we don't even hear about them, even in the rest of the world but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high amount. The good news is that there are drugs now for metastatic melanoma, melanoma like Jimmy Carter used, and those uh, special immune therapy drugs have been able to slow down the progression and metastasis, and people now are living longer. And as we heard from uh, the great Albert Buller at Pfizer, they're going to be able to sample your own personalized melanoma and make vaccines against your own tumor one day so it's going to be personalized precision medicine where they take your own tumor and make a vaccine to attack your specific tumor and that's a very exciting uh, forefront that's happening Uh, thank goodness to uh, capitalism and investment dollars going into research and development and the rest of the world waits while the united states is the leader in this uh, amazing field of immune therapy
2: thank you uh, Peter Mihalos. Any, any other subjects you want to cover today, the Sunday uh, uh, morning?
8: No, just the importance of uh, eating a good, healthy diet, uh, having some exercise in, in, your, uh, in your life, uh, lots of olive oil and avocados and the like. Try to eat 20 plants a week, keep your vitamin D levels up, and uh, COVID is back, and just try to uh, be uh, careful, and if you're sick, don't go into work and spread it. And uh, be cautious on uh, subways and buses. And when people around you are coughing and sneezing, it's good to have a little mask in your pocket. You can slip on if you see people around you start coughing and sneezing as the winter approaches.
2: Well, thank you, Dr. Peter Michalos. And we'll catch up with you uh, again real soon. And thank you for keeping all our listeners uh, live longer.
8: Thank you very much. I appreciate everything you do to get the truth out every week on the Cats Roundtable.
9: The special counsel, David Weiss, intends to seek an indictment against President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, on the gun charges. And joining us here on Cats and Cosby is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Comer. Uh, Chairman, great to have you here. What's your reaction to this big news?
0: Well, I mean, the. it's obvious that Hunter Biden's committed at least a dozen crimes. I would rank this gun charge uh, a very distant 12th mm-hmm. in the crimes that he's committed. But look, you know, I'm, I'm viewing this whole why situation uh, with caution because it was just a few weeks ago he was trying to negotiate blanket immunity to Hunter Biden. And obviously the judge, because of the work that we've done on the House Oversight Committee and Ways and Means Committee, Judiciary Committee, we sent her uh, communication that, that listed all the crimes that the, that the president's sons committed, and she started rattling off. The most obvious would be the Foreign Agents Registration Act violation and, and multiple tax evasion cases. But the gun charge is, is the least among them. Obviously, he violated the law, and Joe Biden wants to create more gun laws. I mean, so, you know, it, it, it's – I'm not surprised, but David Weiss has a long way to go hey, hey, Tramon, to Tramon, clear is, his good Tramon, name.
5: It, this is Pete King. And can yes, have you back on. Uh, what are you hearing about immunity? I mean, to me, as you said, this is the least of the charges. If he pleads to this and gets a waiver on everything else, you know, if everything else is uh, exempted, then he's home free as a practical matter, considering what he's yeah. up against.
0: Yeah, look, I I think everybody in America needs to be paying close attention to this. Uh, they already tried to sneak something through once. We need to make sure they don't do it again. But uh, look, again, this is the the least of all the crimes that Hunter Biden's committed is lying on the gun application. I mean, this is this is someone that six major banks said was money laundering. This is someone that two of the most credible IRS agents who were leading the investigation testified under oath to the American people in our Oversight Committee that had created – that had committed many tax evasion crimes over many years. This is someone that clearly has violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act. The the list goes on and on. I could argue with all the shell companies. He's committed racketeering. and. You know, you could even make a case for a RICO charge because this was very organized. So, you know, this this gun thing, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just watching it with caution.
9: And uh, we're talking to the chairman of the House uh, Oversight Committee, James Comer. I got to ask you the big question. So where are we then uh, with even the impeachment inquiry with Joe Biden? I know you said you've been getting stonewalled. Uh, you've been putting in all these requests. Do you think that that's full steam ahead, or where are we at timing-wise?
0: I think that a majority, I think that 218 in our conference now see that this investigation has proven that Joe Biden has lied dozens and dozens of times to the American people, big lies about his knowledge and involvement in his family's corrupt business schemes. I think they realize that multiple government agencies are obstructing our investigation and i think they're ready to vote to give me the and the oversight committee the authority to have impeachment inquiry as we head to court which is inevitable uh, we're going to head to court as our subpoenas become more advanced with respect to specific biden bank accounts and specific biden correspondence that uh, the National Archives is preventing us from having.
9: So you think did, the votes are did, did there? Say, you did, think the votes but, are there? Did we I say do. that Majorca,
2: uh, the Homeland Security, uh, said to the Secret Service, they, they told the Secret Service not to give you the information?
0: That's exactly what our source in the Secret Service said. We were working very closely with the Secret Service. Uh, they told us there was information that would be very helpful. Uh, it was like they wanted to give it to us. They wanted to do the right thing. There are people in the federal government that want to do the right thing. Unfortunately, those at the top don't. And uh, they received a call from Mayorkas saying, stand down, do not cooperate with Comer, do not cooperate with the House Oversight Committee. Wow. So that's uh, that's obstruction at the highest levels. We've gone through the same stuff with Merrick Garland. And uh, you asked the question, Reed, about the the vote. I do think the votes are there, Yes.
7: Mr. Chairman, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, good to talk to you again, sir. What I'm very concerned about is the way the archives are stonewalling you, and now they're making an argument that there's executive privilege. I'm troubled by that argument because, as you and I both know, Mr. Chairman, executive privilege has to do with the rendering of advice to a government official for the purpose of doing their job. It's not private business dealings with, uh, with the son of the vice president of the United States. What say you?
0: I agree. Uh, you, I couldn't say it better than you just said it. And look, if if Joe Biden wants to do what he said he was going to do, have the most transparent administration in history, then, then turn these over. These are government emails. This isn't personal emails. We're not uh, we're not uh, raiding his personal house, going through his closet. And, his and you're not an ordinary these lawyer. These are government you're, emails.
9: You're not an ordinary lawyer. You're the Congress.
0: That's
2: right.
9: Yeah, chairman of the House Oversight. I mean, and And we've learned,
0: you know, that that's why we started this way. We started with bank records, we because we knew if we tried to go for this stuff on day one, they would say, "Oh, this is political. This is retaliation because of what they're doing to Trump." We have built the case that this family has been involved. In some of the most corrupt acts that we've ever seen from any political family in the history of the United States of America. Uh, and now we need government emails that they are redacting where Joe Biden was using pseudonyms, aliases to disguise his knowledge to deceive the FOIA request that might happen someday. And I think we built the case that we deserve to have these government emails.
9: Yeah, you bet. And especially, as John's saying, you are chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Yeah. This is a congressional request. Everybody, we're talking to the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, Judge Weinberg.
7: And the other issue that concerns me a great deal, Mr. Chairman, you alluded to it, is if they cut a deal with respect to the, uh, the false application, the false filing on the gun charge, is this an attempt to... Uh, somehow blockade any further investigation and prosecution of the influence-peddling scandal?
0: Well, that's what i said when David Weiss was appointed. They knew we were headed to court, and my fear is when we get to court, someone's going to stand up and say, Your Honor, we're with the special counsel, and there's an ongoing investigation, so we're tasked with this investigation, not the House Oversight Committee. I mean, there wouldn't be a special counsel were it not for... The House Oversight Committee, for all practical purposes, we've been the Special Counsel for the past eight months. You know when we started this investigation, the media was still saying that the laptop was Russian disinformation. The media was saying that Joe Biden's family never got money from China. The media was saying that Joe Biden had never met any of these people, had any knowledge of any of these people. Nobody knew about the shell companies. Nobody knew that nine Biden family members received wires from foreign nationals. This has all been proven with our investigation over the past eight months. And we've got a long way to go. And all we're facing is obstruction from, from the government and from the Biden attorneys.
1: Congressman, uh, this is uh, Rudy Washington. When, when is the Congress going to hold some of these people in contempt? uh, The way it was done uh, to, uh, to the Trump administration and people put up on trial, indicted. When is any of that going to happen? When, when are we going to get aggressive and fight back? I mean, I just keep hearing and nothing happens.
0: Yeah. Well, believe me, uh, nobody wants it more than than me. Uh, we've got this impeachment inquiry, and it's been it's been a heavy lift, heavier than it should have been. But, but we're there. We've I'm confident we've got the votes for that. Uh, you know, and it's it, it we find new information out each week. It's not like the investigation's over. No one knew about the pseudonyms three weeks ago. No one knew air, that Hunter Biden had flown on Air Force One. Uh, five times more than it had been previously. It's I mean, getting, Air Force Two. No one getting, knew that Hunter Biden had flown on It's getting Air very Force serious. Two, five times more. Yep.
2: Uh, Congressman Comer is getting very serious. Thank you for everything you do to get to the truth in our country. And that's all we want is the truth. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Cats Roundtable. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Cats Roundtable.
9: The special counsel intends to seek an indictment against President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Meantime, also members of Congress saying they're getting stonewalled at every turn. And we are speaking to the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, Congressman, uh, what can you do? You know, we were talking with uh, Congressman Comer earlier in the show, and he was talking about all the stonewalling that's happening, even from Mayorkas and all these others. Uh, what can you do? You're ahead of the judiciary.
10: Well, I think this is why the Speaker has indicated if, if we need to move to, and I think we're 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 quickly and rapidly approaching this. If we need to move to an impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight work, then we will do that. And what that what that typically does is it it if you do an official resolution saying we're now in an impeachment inquiry phase of, 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 of our investigation, the courts have been, have looked at that as like, okay, now if there's disputes that happen between the legislative branch, between the Congress and the executive branch, they are much more willing to side with the, the legislative branch in, in giving us the documents we need and the access to people we need to depose because we're, we're in effect, exercising a core constitutional function that resides solely in the House of Representatives, and that's the impeachment function. So uh, if we go to an impeachment inquiry phase, I think that will help in us getting this information from these agencies that have been so reluctant uh, in, in pushing back and giving us the answers to the questions we ask.
7: Mr. Chairman's Judge, Richard Weinberg, sir, welcome to the show. You bet. Oh, what, I'm, you bet. what I'm very troubled about is the uh, – the allegations that Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, intervened with the uh, yes. Secret Service and told them not to cooperate with uh, legislative investigation oversight. Could you comment on that, sir?
10: Well, we we don't know that that happened, but it sure looks like it based on the correspondence is back and forth between the Secret Service, uh, which is part of the Department of Homeland Security, and the Legislative Affairs Office in the Department of Homeland Security. This is why Chairman Comer issued the subpoenas he did uh, yesterday to talk with five different individuals there in, in that agency. We'll see. But it doesn't surprise me that they've done this because this is how my orcas operate. We asked, we asked my orcas We had him in front of the Judiciary Committee six weeks ago. And before that hearing, we said, be prepared to answer these questions. And we told him the questions we had. He came to the hearing. We asked those questions. He said, I'll have to get back to you. I don't have an answer to that. And, we, and it was a fundamental question about our border security, about the 2.2 million illegals who've been encountered on our border and been released into the country. We asked him, tell us how many of that 2.2 have went through the adjudication process now and over the last three years and been removed. And he wouldn't answer the question. And we've subsequently written to him and ask him, will you give us – he still hasn't given us the answer. So the fact that he's done this, what appears to be uh, kept the secret service from giving the answers to Chairman Comer, doesn't surprise me, but an impeachment inquiry phase of, a, of, an, uh, of an investigation I think will help, as I said earlier, help us get to the answers that we uh, need for the American Would,
7: would that be broad enough, uh, Mr. Chairman, to pick up other people? In other words, not just uh, President Biden, but Mayorkas or the Attorney General of the United States, Garland?
10: Well, ultimately, it will depend on how the resolution is written, um, and you know that's something that has to be uh, has to be determined. Yet, when we get back next week, the house is back in session next week, and we convene with with the speaker and with the full conference. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out uh, if we go down this road. We'll figure out exactly how that will be uh, how that will be
5: structured. Hey, Jim, this is Pete King. Good to talk to you. Good to hear you talking again. You hey, Peter, great. how
10: are you? I tell you, keep how up the you? fight.
5: I'm doing great. Uh, I miss you guys. Sometimes I do, anyway. No, seriously. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on the uh, potential indictment on the gun rap, to me, that's low-hanging fruit. That's the one where there's absolutely no defense on it. Uh, what are yeah. you hearing as far as immunity on the other charges, the much more serious one, the Five Nations uh, uh, FARA Act? I mean, you know, those are yeah, tax I wraps. See, I, I mean, serious ones, they're going to be... Uh, off the table or what
10: i do not know all we know is what we've uh what we've seen so we saw the the sweetheart deal as it's been called that the judge and the court declined to accept back in july back on july 26th but we learned in the story that was in the new york times three weeks ago that there was actually a sweeter deal than even the sweetheart deal that was first proposed that said they weren't even going to require hunter biden to plead guilty to anything and I think but for those two brave whistleblowers from the IRS coming forward, Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler, that we would we, they would have probably pushed through that super sweet deal. So I don't know. I do think you're right, Pete, that, uh, that they'll they'll look to do the uh, the gun, the gun charge. Um, but I don't know what what happens there. And, you know, this is just breaking news today. So I, I haven't had a chance to digest it, and talk about it with uh, some of our lawyers. Congressman? But we'll, we'll see.
1: Congressman, this is Rudy Washington. And I, you know, made the statement to Congressman Comer um, until until we as the American people begin to fight back. I, I I was it bothered me to my core when I watched a treaty put together without the Congress uh, with Iran uh, that should have yep. been voted on. Nobody sure, sued. Sure. Uh, it bothered me when, you know, through executive order, you could declare students basically give them citizenship DACA. Uh, it, you know, yep. it bothered me when Lois Lerner chilled free speech, you know, yep. uh, on the conservative side, using the IRS, and Nobody brought lawsuit. When are we going to start fighting on some of this stuff? Because all I'm looking at is the country going downhill. This is John Katsfantidis. If you want to hear the full interview,
2: go to WABCradio.com. Thank you for listening to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning. We'll bring you the latest in what's happening in our community, our country, and the world. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a nice Sunday.